Howdy, this is Dave Hill, and this is issue 41 of Dave Does the Comics. This is my weekly comic book review podcast, recorded on July 29th, 2012. I've been reading comics since the late 60s, actively buying them since the mid-70s. I am not a professional, I don't obsessively haunt the comic book boards online, but I do have a ton of long boxes in my basement, and I'm not afraid to use them. Sorry for skipping last week, it was a very busy weekend. Of course, that puts me behind the eight ball, uh, still with books from my previous business trip, plus most recent two weeks. So this week, we'll have an all-star Olympics special, Dave Does the Comics, focusing only on the best of the best. The books that earned four stars, I really liked it, or five stars, it was amazing. And that will still make for a very full podcast, so let's have at it, starting with Marvel. Wolverine vs. the X-Men, number 13, from Marvel, Jason Aaron writing, Nick Bradshaw on pencils, Born Warbird. This book continues to be a pleasure both story-wise and artistically. It's fully caught up, for better or worse, in the AVX saga, and this issue includes the Shi'ar Imperial Guard going up against the Phoenix Five with a focus on Warbird, one of my favorite X-characters these days, aside from her attractive but ridiculous warrior's outfit. A serious tale made the more so because of the usual jovial tone in this title. Uh, issue 14 already out has a great uh, parallel tale of a phoenixed up colossus arriving back at the school for a date with Kitty Pride. It does not end well and is an excellent add to the AVX saga as well. For both of those issues, four stars. I liked it a lot. Avengers Academy, number 33, from Marvel, Christos Gage writing, Timothy Green II on pencils, What the Heart Wants, Conclusion. This is the final confrontation between Emma Frost, all phoenixed up, and the Avengers Academy youth over Justin's pet sentinel. Good action, good drama, good looking at what I think is right versus just taking sides stuff, and those who like X-23 will like this issue too. Four stars, I liked it a lot. Fantastic Four, number 608, from Marvel, Jonathan Hickman writing, Giuseppe Camoncoli on the breakdowns, City of the Dead. Hickman's days on the FF franchise are winding down, but he's not just making the days pass and just letting things slide along. This issue sets a new status quo regarding the Black Panther, both Shuri and T'Challa. Uh, good stuff, and uh, I'm hoping that Hickman's influence on this title will continue with whoever continues it on in the Marvel Now uh, verse. Four stars, I liked it a lot. Fury Max, number four from Marvel, Garth Ennis writing, Goran Parlov on the art, If We Was Meant to Be Cowboys. Nick Fury, the real one, continues dictating his memoirs, shifting this time from the French Indochina pre-Vietnam period to planning and training troops for the Bay of Pigs invasion of Cuba. Bitter, cynical, violent action ensues, of course. Uh, four stars, I liked it a lot. From DC, the Before Watchmen titles are in full swing, and the talented uh, folks that DC has pulled together for doing those uh, is doing a much better job than I had feared in complementing and flushing out the characters and situations from Moore and Gibbons' classic Watchmen tale. In so doing, I think they've diffused a lot of the initial objections to these titles being done. Um, it's hard to object that people are going to ruin what was done before when they're actually doing a damn fine job. 
Um, I don't know that they will be ever considered as classics as Moore's Watchmen, but I don't know that they were designed to be. Um, good stuff. So we'll start with Before Watchmen, the comedian, number two of six, DC. Brian Azzarello writing, J.G. Jones on the art, I Get Around. Ironically, just as Ennis's Nick Fury is leaving Vietnam, Azarella's comedian is arriving there, a superhero in support of the American advisors to the SVA in the days leading up to the Gulf of Tonkin. Azarella is doing a great job grabbing the cynical and tragic side of Eddie Blake's life and character against the backdrop of the Watchmen 60s. Four stars. I liked it a lot. Before Watchmen, Minutemen, number two of six from DC, Darwin Cook writing and art, The Golden Years. Focusing mostly on 1939 and 40, the first formation of the Minutemen, and already the secrets tearing the group apart as they join together. Uh, Cook's art complements the era perfectly. The story fleshes out what Moore portrayed of those uh, times and that era. Dark and nasty amidst the bright colors and purported idealism. Four stars, I liked it a lot. Before Watchmen, Ozymandias, number one of six, from DC, Len Wein, writing, Jay Lee on the art, I Met a Traveler. Wein gives us a solid origin tale here for Ozymandias. Uh, the character is coldly analytical in a way not quite in keeping with whom we see in the Watchmen, but still plausible, especially given where the character eventually does go in that story. Uh, it'll be interesting to watch uh, how that develops. Lee's artwork is some of the best I've ever seen from him, sharp and elegant. Uh, I'm looking forward to reading more. Four stars. I liked it a lot. Before Watchmen, Silk Spectre, number two of four from DC, Darwin Cook and Amanda Connor writing, Amanda Connor on the art, getting into the world. Young Lori Jupiter has run away from home with her boyfriend and is learning about the San Francisco counterculture during the height of Haight-Ashbury. Connor's art infuses this story with a cheerfulness that enhances the character and settings, youth, and freshness, even as the surface peels back into a fine, first-level adventure for the new Silk Spectre. Four stars? I liked it a lot. Before Watchmen, Night Owl, number one of four, DC, J. Michael Straczynski writing, Andy and Joe Kubert on the art, No Such Thing as a Free Lunch. This issue tells the origin of Daniel Dryberg and how he came to know and then replace the original Night Owl, along with becoming a comrade of Rorschach and being part of the abortive attempt to restart the Minutemen. A much darker story than the Silk Spectres, certainly. The Kubert's gritty art and Straczynski's shifting of the focus from Moore's tale to the individuals involved all around makes for something that stands out from both the original and the other efforts here as a more singular creation, for better or for worse. Four stars. Uh, I liked it a lot. And because DC has been publishing good stuff other than before Watchmen miniseries, Ferrist, number five, from DC, Bill Willingham on the writing, Phil Jimenez on the pencils, a waltz in frost and shadow. The Snow Queen goes toe-to-toe -to -toe with Hadeon, the evil fairy queen of the Sleeping Beauty tale. Uh, the battle between the two is interesting both for its imagination, the question of who to root for victory when both of them are ostensibly bad guys, and just because it's beautifully drawn and nicely written. The parallel goings-on between Alibaba, his bottle imp, and Sleeping Beauty herself is also charming. It almost feels like an afterthought. Another great issue in Willingham's Legends canon. Four stars. I liked it a lot. 
Other publishers, we have Fatal, number six from Image, Ed Brubaker writing, Sean Phillips on the art. The first chapter of book two, The Devil's Business, brings us firmly forward in the story as the people rebuilding their lives after the dark, unholy shenanigans of the first book, which is now out in trade paperback, continue onward into the later 60s, including the titular Fatal, Femme Fatal. Fatal Woman. Always well-crafted noir from these gents, and this is no exception. Four stars. I liked it a lot. Castle Waiting, number 17, from Fantagraphics. Linda Medley on the writing and the art. The story continues onward in a way that doesn't lend itself to summary, but remains as charming in story and art as always. Read the collections for this, please. You will not regret it. Uh, four stars. I liked it a lot. Rachel Rising, number nine, from Abstract, Terry Moore, writing and art. Moore goes from a lot of mysteriously creepy stuff going on in issues one through eight to suddenly explaining big swaths of what's going on, which makes it less mysterious but even more creepy. Wow. Um, I'm giving this one five stars. I thought it was amazing in the sudden shift in tone and in making something that just kind of really makes the skin crawl a little bit. Really good stuff there. Concrete, Three Uneasy Pieces, a one-shot from Dark Horse, Paul Chadwick writing and art. Um, I'm a fan of Chadwick's quirky, even bizarre, concrete character and setting from way, way back. Uh, more years than I care to admit. These three short tales are a great example of his storytelling steeped in philosophical concepts amidst the slice-of-life vignettes. Uh, strange and undescribable, but worth picking up this issue, if not some of the earlier collections, if you've never met the character before. Four stars. I liked it a lot. And it's worth noting of those non-Big Two titles, the four that I just did, Three of them have the same person doing the writing and the art. Um, writer, artist, storytellers, um, always something to treasure. Now for some quickie reviews, because I just couldn't uh, describe everything. Uh, these are all four stars, and we'll start with Marvel, with Avengers number 28, uh, FF number 19, New Avengers number 28, the Punisher, number 13, and Winter Soldier, number 8. Those are all four stars, as are from DC Fables, number 119, and World's Finest, number 3. From Dynamite, The Boys, number 68. And from Image, Invincible, number 93, and Saga, number 5. Okay, on to some named reviews. First of all, it's worth noting that my Best All Ages graphic novel that I mentioned last issue of Dave Does the Comics, Friends with Boys, from First Second Books, writer and artist Faith Aaron Hicks, won my 12-year-old daughter's read and reread approval. Uh, so take that as you will. It's not just me saying it's good. The best kid-friendly book this week, uh, Superman Family Adventures, number three from DC, Art Baltazar and Franco writing, Art Baltazar on the art. All of Baltazar and Franco's works are terrific fun for kids and just quirky enough to amuse the adults. This issue's collection of Silver Age Super Pets uh, is some great stuff and a wistful example of the things that have changed for better and for worse in the DC universe over the decades. Four stars, I liked it a lot. The best cover this week, X-Factor number 240 from Marvel, Peter David writing, Neil Edwards penciling, Run, Layla, Run. Layla Miller used to be the person in uh, X-Factor who knew stuff, uh, mysteriously and always irritatingly, having secretly traveled back from the future with a knowledge of what would happen. 
And then she made a change in the timeline, and now nothing's altogether certain, although she can continue to see different possible outcomes from the actions that she and others take. Lovely Story drives this home in this issue as Layla has to make it cross town in a world that's just a little different from what she expects slash remembers, even as she can see the tragic results if she doesn't make it. Um, a lovely crafted tale, and David Yarden's cover captures it uh, symbolically and gorgeously. Four stars. I liked it a lot. And the best comic book this week, Journey into Mystery, number 641 from Marvel. Kieran Gillen writing, uh, Richard Elson on the art. Uh, Kid Loki resolves the conflict between Britain's other world and the gods of Manchester, though not in a way that's to the all-mother's satisfaction. But that resolution also means that one of the cast members has to die, and if it's possible to feel sorry for Loki, even as you see some possible tipping points back to what he once was, then Gillen's done the job I think he was planning to. Terrific stuff here. I'm actually giving it five stars for some of the emotional payoff here. Um, pretty darn amazing. Alrighty, so I'm not going to give a summary this week of all the four and five star stuff because I just sort of did. But the numbers came to uh, 12 for Marvel, 9 for DC, 3 for Image, and 1 each for Dynamite, Dark Horse, Abstract, and Fantagraphics. A lot of good reading there. Um, good stuff all around. And with that note, I will thank you for listening to this Dave Does the Comics podcast. On my homepage, which you can find through the wonders of Google, you can see all the lovely covers for these lovely comic books and leave comments on the podcast. I can be reached there or tweeted at 3 underscore star underscore Dave. I welcome your feedback, especially your suggestions for books I should try. I hope you've enjoyed this 14-odd minutes out of your life. Thanks once again, and as Stan Lee is so fond of saying, Excelsior! Excelsior!